are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The title of the message today is, Are You Thirsty? We're talking about spiritual thirst. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart or his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Old Testament describes three major feasts that came, became a part of the Jewish annual calendar. That was the Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Passover uh, uh, commemorated their miraculous release from Egyptian slavery. You remember how, how the, uh, the, the death angel uh, passed over Israel, the Israel people, the children of Israel, but uh, slayed the firstborn of all of the Egyptians. And then Pentecost was the accumulation of the Exodus at Mount Sinai, 50 days after they left Egypt. They, they uh, received the, the commandments that from Moses, and uh, they, were, they would uh, use the, call that day Pentecost, and this would be a day that they would always, always remember and celebrate. And then there was the Feast of Tabernacles, remembering the giving of the law of Moses. And this great feast referred to, referred to was the, the Feast of Tabernacles that Jesus was attending on that day. One of the things that they commemorated was the, and celebrated was the water that God gave from a rock. And Moses, uh, when he spoke to the rock, struck the rock, and water came out, and they were commemorating this. And so the priest would pour out water before the altar every day to remember this miraculous gift during the feast. And it was in this context that Jesus said, let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus, over and over again, used just everyday, ordinary circumstances to teach spiritual truth. And so today we're talking about spiritual thirst. Of course, Jesus was not talking about water. He wasn't talking about H2O. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in many times... Uh, in, the, in the Word of God, is referred to as water. It is interesting to note that most of the prophecies that I shared with you on the first Sunday of this transition period, 
uh, was concerning water. And I believe that every thirsty soul will be filled with the Holy Spirit and a spiritual revival is about to sweep our land. Amen? And the water of the Holy Spirit will, as those prophecies said, come like a falls, be like a river, and we will be saturated with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can live a long time without food, but the medical profession tells us, and we know, uh, a lot of people know from experience, that you cannot live very long without water. When our hearts or souls are thirsty, it is thirsting for God's Holy Spirit. The soul thirsts for spiritual things like the body uh, thirsts for water. As dehydration causes us to thirst for water, so the spiritual void within us draws our spirit into a search for living water, the Holy Spirit. And the psalmist expressed it this way, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul after you. Jesus knew that these people were drinking from a river of ritual. The same, the, uh, after this feast, they would go back to their same old ways. Their same fears, the same faults, the same failures, the same frustrations, the same habits, the same addictions. They were drawing water from a wrong well, a well of tradition. People try to quench their thirst in all of the wrong places. Drinking from the worldly well will not produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. You won't get these things from the pleasures of the world. The only place that you can find this fruit is in the Holy Spirit. So the question is today, are you thirsty? Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. This is specifically addressed to those who are thirsty. God will not command us to be thirsty. He desires that we would be thirsty, but he will not command us to. You will not find any command in the Bible to be thirsty. He desires that we, like the psalmist, would cry out to him in Psalm 42, too, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And this is what, this is what the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, is trying to instill within our hearts. We need to get thirsty for him because the, the longing and the desire of our heart cannot be quenched by things. It cannot be quenched by a fat bank account. It cannot be quenched by, a, by your career. It cannot be quenched by anything that you desire in life that is not according to God's word. 
Only the things that God intended for you is the things are the things that will quench the thirsting of your soul. We need to cry out as David did unto the Lord in Psalm 63:1. God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and dreary land where there is no water. That's the picture of a dry desert, a place of famine. And David felt that way. That's the way he explained his spiritual thirst. It was like somebody going through a desert where there is no water. He said, Lord, I want you. I want more of you. It's the only way to have a close relationship with God. That is why Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I have never in all of my years of ministry had so many people talk to me and say how much they desire a move of God in their lives. Many people, I'm getting emails and, 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 and texts all the time, and people are saying, you're saying, I'm hungry for God, I'm thirsty, I want something different in my life. Well, here it is, folks. Here it is. It's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit working in our lives, not resisting Him in any way, but saying, Lord, here I am. Fill me, mold me, shape me, use me, O God, so that I can be the man or the woman of God that you called me to be. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, or they will be filled. That's a promise. If you will call out upon God, if you will call out to Him, if you will express the desire of your heart, He said, you will be filled. Amen? You can leave here today filled and overflowing with God. Let me say that again. You can live, leave here today filled and overflowing with God. That's your choice. It is your right as a child of God, as a born-again believer. And if you're not born again, you can get born again in a matter of minutes, and you can be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Solomon tried drinking from the wrong well. He tried wine, he tried women, he tried wealth. He had everything that his sinful heart desired. He held nothing back, the Bible says. And his conclusion is, it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. All of the things that look good to the eye, but not ordained of God is vanity and vexation of spirit. And there's nothing more sadder than a man or a woman who spends their life looking after those things and missing out on the most important thing 
that God has to offer Himself, His Son, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And in the conclusion of of Solomon's life in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, he said, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. If you leave God out of your life, if you leave God out of your marriage, if you leave God out of your decisions in life, you're going the wrong way. You're doing the wrong things, and it can only lead to disaster. Solomon finally found what many of us know to be true. The source of satisfaction and fulfillment is a relationship with God. A relationship with Jesus Christ can change your situation. Even though you may be going through a difficult time, You may be facing something that you have never faced in your life and you don't know what to do about it. Take it to Jesus and let him take care of it for you. What you need and what I need is a drink that will last. Some people say, one day I will follow Jesus. I'm going to get right with God one day. But right now, I have to get my act together. I have to clean up my life, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. Let me fill you in on a little secret. If that's your attitude, you will never, never, ever, ever get back to God. You'll never get close to God by saying someday. Because you do not know if you've got a someday. You don't know if you've got one hour after you leave this building. In fact, you don't know if you're going to get out through these doors alive. And we say, someday, one of those days, folks, it's time to wake up. If we could do that, If we could clean up our act, then Jesus died in vain. There was no need for him to die. If we could clean up our act, we can't do it. The way to Jesus is not holiness. The way to holiness is Jesus. You go to him first. You take a drink from that well of salvation, and then you will find that you have the ability and the power to change. Service and sacrifice or works are important, but they're not the root of the Spirit-filled life. They are the fruit of the Spirit-filled life. That's what happens when you accept Christ into your life. You want to work for him. You want to get involved in things like Alpha so that you can help to win somebody else to Christ. But first, you must take a drink. John chapter 7 relates a story of a woman of Samaria despised by the religious Jews and shunned by her 
community. The Bible tells us that she had come alone to draw water from the well of Jacob. She probably came alone because she was despised. There were probably not very many women, married women, that wanted to associate with her. Jesus used a physical thirst for water to teach a spiritual truth. He asked her for a drink. She was shocked that a Jew was asking a Samaritan for a drink. The Samaritans were the people who were left behind when Israel was captured and taken away. And the king of the nation that captured them brought in his religion. And his idolatrous religion was intermingled with the Samaritan religion, the Jewish religion. And so when the Jewish came back, Jews came back from captivity, they wouldn't have any dealings with them because now their religion was polluted. And so she was shocked that Jesus, being a Jew, would ask her for a drink. Let's pick up the story in John chapter 7, verse 10, 11 and 13 and 14. Jesus answered her and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where then do you get that water, that living water? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will, uh, will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And she said to him, give me this water that I will never thirst again. And Jesus said, go call your husband. And she replied, I have no husband. And Jesus said, I know. I know you have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you are now, now have or living with is not your husband. And that you told me the truth. She had taken a sip of living water. She heard the word of God. And she said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. You know something, the same thing is happening Sunday after Sunday in our churches. 
throughout Coal Lake, and throughout Alberta and across the world. A simple message is being preached and there's somebody who is taking a drink. They're hearing something that maybe they've heard for many, many times before and same for you today. But this day is different. The Holy Spirit is making the word real to your heart. And you're realizing that there is a thirst in your heart. There is a thirst in your soul. Your spirit is dry and you're tired of that kind of a life. And you want a refreshing from God, the Holy Spirit. The light is shining brighter. She's beginning to get it. The woman said to him, I know I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. You see, Jesus didn't say anything about the Messiah up to this point. But the Holy Spirit is speaking through the words. The words that Jesus is speaking. He's speaking about a spiritual truth, living water. And the Holy Spirit is making it real to our heart. And here it comes, the full revelation. She's drinking everything that Jesus is saying. She's drinking it in. And here it comes. John chapter 7, verse 26. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that you're talking about. Now she has to share what has taken place in her heart because she really has something to share. John chapter 7, verses 28 and 30. We pick it up again. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I had ever did. Could this be the Christ? And then they went out of the city and came to him. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word that the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So the Samaritans had come to him. They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Isn't that amazing? You look at somebody, you write them off. Oh, they're not like us. They're not like me. They're not Christians. They're not acting like Christians. The Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart and makes the truth real. You decide that you're going to change your ways. You're going to change your life. You're going to stop sinning. You're going to start living for God. And you start drinking from that fountain. And all is forgiven. You're a brand new man, a brand new woman in Christ. The Bible says, 41, many more believed because of his own word. And then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said. For ourselves, we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. 
Folks, a miracle took place in, in Samaria that day. People who were considered to be dogs by the religious people of the day received Jesus Christ into their lives. And they were changed. Do you see what happens when one woman or one man says, I want a drink of this living water? So what if five people today in this place said, Lord, I want a drink of this living water? What if 10 or 15 or 20 people responded like this this morning? What do you think would happen? What do you think, how do you think Coal Lake would look within a couple of months? How do you think Coal Lake Community Church would look next Sunday if that was our decision this Sunday? I'm going to conclude now. You may say, I don't know how I got here, but I'm so dry. I'm just going through the motions of religion, truly. Well, if that's you, tell it to Jesus. Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to renew my relationship with you. If you've, if you've sinned, admit it. Don't try to sweep it under the rug. If you've done wrong, Say, Lord, I've sinned. Forgive me. It's time to get back on track with Jesus. Don't wait to feel great to start praying and reading your Bible. If the Holy Spirit has struck a, a note in your heart today, act upon that right now. You don't wait until you're no longer thirsty to drink. You drink if you're thirsty. Thirsty, that's uh, Newfoundland. <laughs> you start drinking because you're thirsty. Likewise, you turn to God because you're thirsty and dry. You pray, you repent, you worship. You do whatever is necessary to get back in a right relationship with him. Jesus says, Come to me and drink. Are you thirsty today? Maybe you need to do business with God. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait any longer, friend. God wants to do something. The more of us that he can get, it says, I'm all out for God the sooner it will get done. There are people who are on a downward slope. They're on a slippery slope. And if one of us don't reach them, it's going to be too late. We've got our nice, comfortable church, nice, comfortable seats, great music, good friends. And there are people that are really, really hurting. They need to see a man, a woman, 
who knows Jesus to come alongside and speak a word of encouragement and hope into their lives. But you can't give somebody something that you haven't got. If you're dry yourself, if the well is empty, you can't offer someone else a drink. But Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me. It's time, folks, to get filled up. It's time to allow the Holy Spirit to just come into our lives and fill us to an overflowing. If you're here today and you don't know what that means, or if you're here today and you don't know what it means to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, come. If the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart today on any matter, why don't you just come? Kneel. Kneel across the front. And if the front fills up with people kneeling, We'll let you kneel on the front seats there. Those of us in the front seats will make room for you, and you just kneel at the seat. But make a move towards God. That's what it's all about. It's not a... That's what it's about. It's not because coming up does something, you know. It's a move towards God. It's saying, Lord, I mean business with you. I was in that place. The day that I came up and said, Lord, whatever it is you want, I'm here, I'm yours, I'll do it. That was my start in ministry. Four years of Bible college and then 30 years of preaching the gospel. Just one morning, In one service, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart, and I had a choice to make. I could go out like I did many, many Sundays before, or I could go forward. What do you want God to do? Are you concerned about the world situation? Are you concerned about the events that are taking place? Are you concerned about your community? Do you know the level of crime and corruption, drug and alcohol addiction that's going on in your community? We are almost immune to it. It's great to be in the family of God, isn't it? It's nice, it's comfortable. Everyone together. One thing in common, we love Jesus. What is the Spirit saying to the church today? Could you put on some music, guys? The altar is open now. I hope you know my heart. I love you people. I look 
out over you. And I see the potential. The potential to change our community is in this room. What are we going to do about it? It's time to take a drink. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.